0: I'm Kath Ferguson, and you're listening to an Open Water Swimmers podcast.
1: It's an Open Water Swimmers podcast. And can you believe it? We are already up to episode four. Time is flying by, which, let's face it, now that we're in tier four, is a blessing. Thank you, thank you to everyone who has listened to the podcast so far. Please keep sharing it through the social media channels on Instagram and Twitter at OWSwimpod please keep subscribing. And do you know what? I would love it if you could post a review wherever you get your podcasts from. Today's guest is an inspiring individual who I met on a few coaching courses back in 2019. Slightly by accident, I might say. She set up Seabirds three years ago as a community interest company to take people into the open water all year round and make swimming accessible to all providing much-needed mental well-being advantages to everyone who takes part. She is also a huge part of the Surf Lifesaving Club in Hove, running courses for the adult and children members alike. She is one of the most friendly and welcoming faces you are likely to come across on Brighton Seafront. Introducing, unless you know her already, Kath Ferguson. Kath Ferguson of Seabirds Brighton. Welcome to an Open Water Swimmers podcast and thank you, thank you for coming on and being a guest for me.
0: Oh, Thank you very much and I'm very pleased to talk to you.
1: So Kath, why do you swim? Now obviously that can be answered in many different ways so it might be why did you take up swimming, why did you continue to swim as a result of taking it up and what was it about the water or the environment of of open water swimming that kept you coming back?
0: Um, so, I swim in the sea, and it is um, mainly the sea, um, and I swim year-round um, in Brighton & Hove. Um, and the reason I do that is to uh, manage my mental health and my wellbeing. Um, I've tried lots of different ways um, of managing my diagnosed depression and anxiety. Um, medication, counselling, um, you name it, I've probably tried it. And they all work to um, varying degrees. Um, but what I stumbled across by accident, um, a few years ago, uh, was year-round swimming in cold water, um, in my case, the sea, um, and noticed, um, a, you know, a, a real difference to my mood on a day-to-day basis, um, if I had managed to go and have some respite and, um, fun in the sea with some friends. Um, so my journey to get there um in terms of my relationship with swimming and how it all started like like any kid um I started having swimming lessons um in landlocked Surrey um my godmother was a swimming teacher um and we had lessons in the local catholic school in the winter and in the summer we had lessons in an outdoor beautiful beautiful pool which has sadly been knocked down and um built on top of um it was I mean can't even tell you how cold it was I was a very skinny child um, and i think my lips used to go blue in those lessons um within about 5 minutes but um i went back for more i really really um enjoyed it in fact they used to have the day that it opened in the summer season um there would be a race from when the school closed to see who could get their first and whoever got their first would have a free ticket for the whole of the summer season <laughs> um and then uh, our summer holidays were all spent in West Sussex. Um, my mum being a teacher meant that literally every school holiday, you know, in- including, you know, sort of February half term, was spent um in a in a converted old railway carriage um in West Sussex um, on Shingle Beach, which is very similar to Brighton and Hove. Um, and so, you know, I would spend weeks and weeks and weeks in the water, and our days were dictated um by the tide. So there's always been a draw to the sea um and swimming in the sea um it's always been part of my life but yeah the kind of the the, the kind of recent um realization that actually it was good for me and it was definitely had a really big impact on my uh, well-being um has, has just been absolutely wonderful and great and so yeah last um few years or so I've been skin swimming in the sea year round with um, a lovely kind of community of like-minded people on Brighton's beaches.
1: So when you say a group of like-minded individuals from the community are you are you referencing seabirds there?
0: Um, I am yes yeah. so we've got a swimming community that we set up um, gosh about two years ago simply because myself and my friend and and business partner Kath um, were getting so much out of swimming in the sea all year round we just wanted to kind of like create a way of letting other people have the opportunity to get in the sea um, in a safe um, environment I don't mean safety in terms of physical safety you know I mean that as much as you know a safe environment of you know peer support and that's the salty seabird community.
1: I'm sure that many, many listeners will completely relate to that, as I know that many of our listeners have similar environments set up across the country. So could you perhaps tell me what led you then to finding this moment of realization that actually sea swimming was so beneficial for your for your mental health? Was there a, a moment or a or a memory? Of moments, if you like, that that came together and you suddenly thought, "Wow, this is this is just doing everything I needed to do."
0: Yeah, I think I think the sort of epiphany moment was probably about um, three four years ago, um, and um, I'd been swimming in the sea year round, albeit um, in a wetsuit, um, and really mainly volunteering at a local surf lifesaving club. And then um, myself and a friend. Um, had sort of some significant changes in our lives in terms of our work, which meant that we had more time to do things. And it also uh, meant that we'd been quite impacted by um, leaving our jobs um, and um, were quite um, scarred, shall we say, by it. Um, So we kind of found each other and we found the sea and we started swimming in the sea with each other one summer and we just didn't stop. Um, And, you know, like, like two friends when they get together, Sometimes we don't take a breath and we put the world to rights. And um, we just began to realize that we were healing um, in the sea, both of us. And um, I really noticed it in terms of my own well being. So, you know, having, having suffered with mental illness for so really as long as I can remember, I'm very in tune with how I feel and I'm very aware of how I feel. And I'm always checking in with myself, um, you know, looking for the telltale signs, you know, just in case there's an episode on the horizon. Um, and they just weren't. Um, and, you know, and I haven't touched wood, um, been really poorly um, for the last four years since I've been swimming in the sea. You know, I've had, you know, I've had my moments as everybody has during <laughs> lockdown and, <laughs> um, uh, you know, and, it, and it's and it's a difficult time for everybody. But the, you know, the constant in my life of getting in the sea with 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 a bunch of friends has meant that my mood has m- maintained a consistency, too. Um, which has just been, you know, um, incredible.
1: That's so lovely to hear. There's, there's quite a lot there that I'd, I'd like to touch on, but the first thing that comes to mind is, do you, do you feel that the most important part of, of that tale is the sea itself and the effects of the sea, or is it more the community of having someone or people to mm-hmm. to do it with? Is it, is it the shared enjoyment or the actual act itself?
0: Do you know what, that's really interesting because I've thought about that so many times and um, the answer is, all of it. Um, (laughs) So there are times when um, I go for a swim in the sea and I'm very much on my own. in the summer, on a lifeguard beach, just to you know, caveat that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um,
1: you've got your surf lifesaver cap there on. I
0: do, I do. I feel I do feel an air of responsibility whenever I talk to anybody about winter or cold water swimming. Um, <laughs> But yeah, in the, you know, on those beautiful offshore um, days that we get in the summer um, and, you know, dawn and you can go for a swim. Um, and as you know, swimming in Brighton, we have these lovely Samaria boys that everyone seems to want to swim around. So my favourite thing um, to swim around in Brighton, because you've got to swim around something, um, is the West Pier um and you can just get yourself into a beautiful rhythm of your stroke my stroke is nowhere near as beautiful as yours will but in my head (laughs) I feel very elegant in the moment when I'm doing it and um, I'm thinking about everything and I'm thinking about nothing um all at the same time and um you just, you just are, you're just being, you're just, you're just there, you know, in the moment. And people are always trying to find this, you know, elusive mindfulness and meditation. And actually I find that if you don't go looking for it, it, it kind of comes to you in those moments. And I particularly do that when I'm swimming on my own and, you know, and I get out and I feel completely restored and, and sort of ready to face the day and, and can, you know, on the flip side to that, you know, midwinter, when you know the air temperature is minus something and the sea temperature temperatures in single digits, and it's you know you've got a cold biting north wind. I want to be jumping through some ways with um you know another you know a bunch of people and huddling around drinking tea and cake afterwards, you know, and, and just talking a load of rubbish you know, half of the people that I, you know, I end up swimming with in the winter, I don't know their names. I don't know what they do for a living. But, um, you know, in that moment, we've got a shared experience and, um, and we're happy, um, you know, and that, and that can that can, you know, keep you going for a good few days.
1: That's so wonderful to hear. I, I love that idea of the way you talk about swimming on your own versus swimming with people. I guess, therefore, yeah. would it be fair to say that swimming on your own would be more of a spring, summer, autumn? Is it climate dependent?
0: Yes. Um, Yes, yes it is, really. I mean, you know, the temperature gets down to it. You know, it's certainly not a cold lock in Scotland, but the sea still gets darn cold. And, you know, you you can't really swim. Well, I can't. I know that other amazing people can. I can't swim for any particular length of time. Certainly not a proper head-in swim. It's much more of a bobble hat and breaststroke by the time it gets to sort of November.
1: So, see, how many people do you have now involved in in Seabirds?
0: So, um, in the um, community group, it's a staggering two and a half thousand people. I mean, it's absolutely unbelievable. So, we initially we initially started it as somewhere to sort of signpost people. So, um, as a community interest company, we were running. Um, courses for people that had been referred to us by other agencies um, and they were people that self-identified as having mental health issues and and we basically introduced them to the world of swimming and sea um and then at the end of the course it was kind of like you know we can't just you know wipe our hands and say okay off you go we've shown you what we've got go off and have a good time kind of thing in the sea you know we really needed somewhere to signpost them to you know there was a continued safe um environment for them and so we set up um, the community group, the salty seabirds. Um, and yeah, so in the last two, two and a half years, it's grown to um, yeah, two and a half thousand people. Obviously, I don't know them all, and I certainly don't <laughs> swim them all. And um, and lots of people use the group for lots of different things. Some use it simply just as an online way to, you know, ask for advice, or um some use it as a as a way to connect with other people and find people you know that swim at the same sort of time as them or on the same beach as them. And Um, You know, there are lots of sort of we call them micro flocks, you know, that kind of, you know, scattered all the way along from sort of salting to shore. And uh, yeah, what I find really bizarre, though, is that um, obviously. Um, there's been a huge increase in swimming outdoors um, and particularly during last year during the pandemic because it's one of the few things you've you know been able to continue doing if you you know are lucky enough to live near a body of water and everybody's well-being's taken a good old battering so eight or nine hundreds of those people that have joined the community group have done since you know the spring when you know covid first hit our shores and um They've never had what I would call one of our community swims. So, you know, we have regular swim times and swim places, which we had to cancel, you know, because of social and physical distancing. And so they've never really experienced the community as as we would have wanted them to. You know, that really, you know, somebody holding your hand literally as you get in and out of the water, because that's not been able to happen and sharing cake. With someone again because you you know for for obvious reasons you kind of can't do that yet they still seem to have gravitated towards us and still seem to have got something from it which is great
1: that's very nice to hear I I guess in a way the pandemic has been the making and and the breaking in that respect that you've had yes you've had so many people join but ironically because of that you've had to monitor your Mm. your group's and you're distancing a little bit more. Exactly,
0: exactly. Yes, which was which wasn't in the plan two years ago. You know, it was meant to be a very fluid kind of self regulating yeah. group, and then suddenly, you know, you've got government sort of legislation coming in saying you can't do that, you can't do it. We're like, God, how do we interpret that? Shit, do we need lawyers? Um, <laughs> but we managed to muddle our way through. <laughs>
1: Think how delightful it'll be, though. Uh, when everyone is vaccinated and we've come out the other side and oh
0: absolutely
1: everyone can everyone can be in the water together again
0: absolutely yeah we have we have a few swims that you know are synonymous with the seabirds and there are moon swims So every full moon Uh, we get together and then we do an annual starling swim which um, you know in Brighton we're so lucky that on the Palace Pier the starlings come and murmurate for half of the year there before sunset and it's an incredible thing to see and it is the best seat in the house if you can be floating on your back at the end of the pier watching that um and all of those you know we had to cancel and I cannot wait for us to uh, be able to do those again because they really are you know incredibly joyful occasions I didn't know you did that
1: oh yeah you're gonna have to come I honestly, you, you you kept that quiet from me.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, there's only, there's only very few people that will be happy to swim out to the end of the pier. I know you would. And honestly, it's lovely out there because there's no one else out there other than you and some starlings.
1: Oh, sign me up, Kath. You've made my tummy do butterflies. Um, oh, it is incredible. They sorry.
0: swoop down so low to the sea that they are literally about a metre away from your face. Really? Yeah, they... yeah, yeah. Honestly. How, honestly did I, how did
1: I not know this? <laughs> <laughs> so Kath you talked there um, about swimming in a pool with your uh, with your godmother who was the swim teacher what are your earliest memories of swimming in the open water
0: oh so they will definitely um be the sea and definitely be in West Sussex and um as I said you know um I would spend entire summer holidays there um you know the six weeks of the summer the two you know the week up at May half term and, and whatnot and um it would absolutely be dictated by the tides in terms of whatever we did that day. So you'd be working around what the tide was doing and when you could get in the sea and then everything else sort of like had to fit in around that, you know, in terms of, you know, lunch times, family dog walks, whatever it might be. Um, and that was that, that, that was just how how my life was. That's just the kind of the, um, the family kind of like routines that were, you know, and foundations, you know, built by my mum. But I have some some incredible memories of of those summers when, um, so there was a lifeboat station nearby, and um, I'm very old, so this is pre-pagers. And to alert the crew that they, you know, there was a shout, there was a great big maroon set off. And we used to race to the beach to see if we could get there before the uh, lifeboat went out. I can always remember doing that. Um, And um, being woken up in the middle of the night, you know, with a really bad thunderstorm, um, and being you know going out with all of my siblings and, and I know you shouldn't swim in the sea when there's a thunderstorm but my god it's amazing um, and just you know jumping around in the sea with uh, with all of my siblings under thunderstorms in the middle of the night in the summer just yeah but it, my whole my whole childhood um, and all of my best memories and, and, and all of the times where I feel that as a family we were at our best they will all be around um, swimming in the sea and playing in the sea
1: so do you think in some way The idea for seabirds subconsciously was sort of starting to brood. If you attach those very, very happy memories as a child to the sea, then coming back to the sea as an adult to, to start to feel like it was healing you, as you mentioned beautifully earlier. Do you think there's a there's a tie there?
0: Oh, without a shadow of a doubt, but let's not give my mum any credit for that, okay? Because she will be, you know, <laughs> just going to get all oh, thanks to me, All oh, thanks to me. Um, yeah, so, so so, if we could, yeah, just make sure that, it, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely without a shadow of a doubt. So um, I, like I say, I was brought up in Landlock Surrey and my husband... Um, came to Brighton University when he was 18 and I sort of, you know, just trundled on and followed behind him and uh, we've never left. And I knew I'd always have to live by the sea from a very early age. And I know that now, um, you know, wherever life may end up taking us, it won't be far from the sea. So yes, it's always been an intrinsic part of my life and maybe subconsciously that was always there, you know, but it's definitely somewhere that I've always gone to and I always leave it feeling better.
1: Great to hear. So that's a that's a nice segue into the next question. So what does open water swimming mean to you now? Which I think is probably quite quite a big question for someone who's who's done and continues to do so much for the community with regards to mental health well-being and the open water. And so how has what open water swimming means to you? How has it changed to to where it is now? To where it came from, as that as that child frolicking in the sea with the lifeboats in in West Sussex, all thanks to your mum.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: well, this is this is the thing. It's exactly the same as that. So I think you asked earlier you know how do you think it helps and you know and and is it you know swimming on your own when you get into a rhythm or is it you know being with the community what's the most important part and actually one of the parts that we didn't touch upon that we you know that I did touch upon when I was talking about my childhood is that childlike innocent joy um and I think that's what it means to me it's um Oh, I don't like saying things like authentic self, but you know, when you really can just be very much yourself and you feel like you're not being judged and you can, you are purely there for no other reason than to have fun. Um, That's what it was like as a child. And that's very much what it's like again now as an adult. And the two things haven't changed at all. So I think that's what open water swimming is. Um, And I think that whoever you speak to and whatever type of swimming they do, there will still always be that element of joy in there for them. Even if, you know, you're doing a, you know, a, a 10K race, you will still have times where you go in the water where you, you know, you, you, you're just splashing around, you're just mucking around and, and you're having that fun. And I think there are very few places in this world where you can do that. Without mm. getting stared mm. at like you're a loon. Yes, that's
1: that's that's delightful to hear. So let me ask you this then: for someone perhaps who may be thinking about open water swimming, or maybe someone who's right now listening in in Brighton who thought, you know what, I've always wanted to go in the water. I love that idea of joy. How would you how would you introduce them to the open water? What what's what's this? Is there a seabirds methodology of getting someone in the water who's who, who might be who might be little? a little fearful or have some trepidation
0: yeah there's there's a, there's a few there's a few different ways you know and I think it's down to the individual and, and um kind of what you know and what their needs are in terms of how it can be met so to give you an example I I don't normally thrive in groups um I uh, and particularly uh, most the majority of our group are female um and yeah so certainly not in groups of of, of women I don't tend to do very well normally and um If I hadn't started a community group, I probably wouldn't have joined one. I'm I'm not a good joiner in that. I get, you know, terribly anxious about meeting new people. um, And, you know, and I can talk myself out of it very, very quickly. So the reason I'm part of a community group is because I started my own. (laughs) Um, But uh, (laughs) um, so some people will have the confidence to be able to, you know, within that community, you know, we're online, you know, we operate on a closed Facebook group, be able to, you know, put a, put a post out there and say, hi, my name's so-and-so, I'm looking for company to swim at such and such date on such and such, beach. And, well, you know, I, I personally can't do that, but that's great. So there's that opportunity for, for people that are able to do that. Um, And they can reach out to people um, within the community um, to, you know, help them, give them advice, you know, hold their hand when they go in, that sort of thing. Um, There are other people that would prefer something more structured. That would be I'm totally that sort of person where I like courses. I like rigor. Um, I like facts. I like risk assessments, you know, that that that's me down to a T boring. Yes, it may be, but, you know, it, it's it's kind of it, it's my safety net. And um, so for those um, people, we run um, courses to introduce people to um, open water swimming. So that can either be done um, as a free course for somebody that's been referred to us by another mental health agency. Or um, we do that, you know, people can pay um, and come on an open water swimming coaching course with us. Um, and those funds that um, we gain from that, we use to run the free courses. So it's sort of like um, a circular, we've got our own circular economy going on um, in our community interest company. Um, so we also have online seminars. um We've got a YouTube channel with lots of advice out there. So it really depends on, the person in terms of what they need to be able to um you know get in um one of the biggest barriers for people is things like you know fitting in around work childcare, Mm. transport to get to places so it's those sort of barriers we're really trying to knock down as well um so yeah so it's not a one-size-fits-all it's definitely whatever you need hopefully we can provide
1: it that's great to hear on your blog you talk about uh something that really stuck struck two things really struck with me one is where you talk about patience and mental health you you quote patience is a unique predictor of mental well-being it is suggested that long-term patience is more important for depression and general health whereas short-term patience is more important for hedonic well-being in reference to the idea that you're always waiting to always waiting for conditions to swim and yeah and that in itself is almost like a life mantra. Something I've heard surfers from, from the surf community talk about waiting for waves. Yeah. You have to have to learn to be patient. What is it, Laird Hamilton says, he was he's quoted as saying, it's like being a dragon slayer. And when you find out there's there's no more dragons, you know, what are you gonna do? Which I think it's probably a little extreme for, for, for my liking. But-
0: I used to have a poster of him in my office. Did
1: you? <laughs> <It's> yes, quite... <laughs> I did. he's he's quite he's quite an amazing individual but that's yeah that that aside is is that idea of 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 patience and and mental health does that come easily now that you've found swimming in the sea it
0: comes easier I wouldn't say easily um I am always one heartbeat away from uh still trying to get in like every day and you know find that feeling you know because it can become quite addictive um and i think you know the danger is um with with anything that makes you feel good and feel happy as you're constantly chasing that like Laird said you're constantly chasing that you know feel good factor it's almost you know like a drug addiction and so on and so forth so you do have to keep that in check and i you know I know a lot of people that count how many swims they do in a row, count how many swims they do in a year. Um, And I have to make sure that I am free from those arbitrary goals because I am a very competitive goal-driven person, but that's not necessarily good for my mental health. So the sea has definitely taught me patience because, um, yes, yeah, so only she can decide um, when I swim in her. Some some storm over in the Caribbean is going to dictate what the sea state's like here in a couple of days' time. And, you know, and that will dictate as to whether I can go in or not. Um, and so now I very much sort of pick and choose my swims as well. So my last swim, I think people are seeing my swim every day and I certainly don't. Um, my last swim was actually on Christmas Eve. Um, And it was wonderful. It was one of those um, swims that was sort of unplanned and turned into something quite wonderful where I just bumped into loads of smiling faces that I wasn't expecting to see. And, you know, and as we all know, Christmas has been very different this year and we knew we were going to be going into lockdown on, on Boxing Day and... It was just a really, really wonderful for lots of reasons swim and I just haven't felt like swimming since then, you know, we've had Storm Bella as well which doesn't really help but I haven't really felt like having swim since then because it was so lovely. I'm slightly concerned that my next swim isn't going to be as wonderful. Um, So, you know, I'm kind of waiting for conditions, that perfect way for conditions to be that perfect time again. And you'll, you know, this is how much I love you, Will. I was meant to swim today at 10 o'clock with people. That was my last invitation and I declined them for you. But tomorrow, tomorrow, I'm swimming with a friend that I haven't seen for ages um, and it's the full moon um and uh yeah, yeah I'm gonna have a great swim tomorrow I know I am so yeah so that'll be how many how many days is that five six days without that swim you know and that's cool that's fine
1: you're not counting though
0: no <laughs> <laughs> obviously not
1: <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you for the guilt trip um yes. the other thing that struck from me from this WordPress we, we're tangenting from the questions here a little bit which is great is you talk about acclimatization now yeah I've I've always been someone who has said exactly what you have quoted in so much as I've always resisted swimming in through the winter or even in the autumn, because I know, I, I know that a, either I won't be acclimatized or I'm not in the process of acclimatizing to swim in the winter. That's always how I've approached it. Now you've thrown that out of the water in your post by saying that doesn't exist. So mm. you, you, you suggest, you're suggesting that acclimatization is far more mental than physical. Would that be would
0: that be right? Yeah, I think so. I think I think that, again, this kind of like um, goes back to what we we're just talking about, about people kind of needing to go in a certain amount of times a week and or, you know, that sort of thing. I think a lot of that is the fear that they will lose their adaptation to cold water if they don't go in on very regular you know intervals and actually yeah I I don't believe that's true you know I've had um, breaks from swimming for weeks on end at time you know when you're unwell or you're away on holiday you know that thing we used to do you know when you used to go away Um, and actually, I think that each time you enter the water should be viewed as that individual time and you should acclimatize for that individual swim each time you do it. So swimming in the summer in Scotland, well, I say summer, September, um, in locks and rivers, it was absolutely freezing. Um, and I, obviously I'd been swimming regularly up until that point at slightly higher temperature. So actually the most important thing I was doing at that point was acclimatizing at that point to that particular river and that particular swim. Um, And rather than this, you know, adaptation is great, but I definitely think it's, yeah, it's, it's mind of a matter. It's going to hurt when you get in cold water, but you also know it's going to stop hurting. Um, And so it's, it's, it, you're challenging your, mind your body is capable of it you know four winters have shown me that my body is capable of it and my body is capable of taking breaks and then starting it up again um you know and I've also you know sometimes I put on a wetsuit sometimes I take them off it really depends on the type of swim that I'm doing throughout the year you know so if I'm Working on the beach and teaching, I tend to put a wetsuit on. You know, it doesn't mean to say that I can't go the next day in in just skins. You know, I think it very much is about um, that internal conversation about, you know, you can do this. Your body is strong. It's very, very capable. You just need to, you know, have that positive kind of approach to it. And every single time you go in,
1: acclimatize. My other half, Alice, asked me to make sure I ask you how. How do you acclimatise on the day?
0: Um, so uh, me personally, um, or how you're meant to. <laughs> uh,
1: either, either, either,
0: either. Okay, so uh, me personally, it's, it's uh, I. You can you can tell it's me getting in the water from a mile off. I have a, I have a particular stance when I get in, and um, we have a lot of talented um, people that I swim with, lots of artists and things. Um, and one um, particular lady that I swim with um, ha- draws these pictures of you and they're so simple they are you know literally a few colors and a few lines and that's it and you can immediately tell it's me because of the way that I walk into the sea so I stride in with my hands loosely kind of hung down beside me a bit like an orangutan (laughs) and I start shaking my hands um and I shake them until they hit the water um and that's kind of like for me an indicator that I you know I've got up to sort of you know my thighs Um, And that basically then means I need to glide and get in. So I, um, I get straight in, I swim probably about 12, 15 head in strokes. And then I flip straight onto my back and I kind of lie there like an otter and I kind of take it all in. And that's kind of when I regulate my breathing. Um, I figure out which way the current's going. I'll have checked first, but you know, with the sea, regardless of which way you think the tide's flowing and the wind's blowing, it, it can always surprise you. So I kind of take stock and that's when I kind of make my mind up about what sort of swim I'm going to do. am like, you know, am I going to jump around the waves? I'm going to swim to that groin and back. What What is it I'm going to do? So that's how I um, acclimatize, which um, I wouldn't recommend necessarily um, because, you know, it's, pretty much me getting straight in um the recommended way would be you know to do it much more slowly splash some water around your face around your neck um basically tell your body what to expect you know so it's not so much of a shock um and gradually sort of like walk in until you're out of your depth um but yeah so I have my own um Shall we say way? unique way
1: do you still feel the pressure of uh skins versus versus wetsuit is that is there still that dialogue that happens at seabirds I
0: think, you know when i said earlier about the kind of like-minded community i think what I, w- one of the things about that is very much that you know no one cares you know where whatever it takes to get you in doesn't really matter if that you know is a full neoprene hood gloves boots and wetsuit so only your eyes are exposed who cares i mean you know you still get the benefits of cold water in a wetsuit you know you do that cold water has to go into the wetsuit to Get the wetsuit to work, so you're still going to get that gasp and that intake of breath and that and that and that feet by a burning feeling that you know that people are searching for. You know, you're still it's fine, who cares? As long as you get in and you're enjoying yourself, do whatever it takes.
1: Open water swimming has always had. A degree of fear factor for me we've obviously touched on the mental health benefits maybe of that which might be surmounting a fear so to, to what extent do you identify with the idea of it of it always having carrying fear factor is there a particular moment or, or or tale that sort of comes with that
0: i think uh fear of open water swimming uh is healthy if it doesn't prevent you from doing it but it gives you respect for what it is you're about to do so you know there are considerations that you need but not to the point where it stops you from doing it. Um, Yes, there are things that lie beneath. Um, Yes, you can get, you know, it will go out of your depth, but there are always adaptations you can make around that as well. Um, You know, you can gently push your boundaries and the feeling of euphoria you get when you've overcome one of those fears um, is incredible. And, you know, I'm certainly not without fear. Um, I think the things that, worry me when I'm swimming in the open water probably aren't that the same as worry other people so I'm, I'm not bothered about what lies beneath um and again the beauty of swimming in Brighton and Hove means you can't see what's swimming beneath <laughs> most of the time unless you've had an op- offshore for days and days and days yeah. um so you know the rumors of the eels under the palace pier you know they're definitely rumors but I, I've never seen the one <laughs> um I have uh, I have turned around before and there's been a seal swimming behind me, oh. uh, which I thought was another swimmer in neoprene. I genuinely had no idea. My goggles are a bit misted up and I'm getting out to the sea and I turn around to speak to the person swimming behind me and it turned out to be a seal. Um, <laughs> but, um, um, and I don't have a fear of being out of my depth or, or being a long way away from the shore um, either. But strangely... I have a real fear of um, clear water. So water that's really, really visible, strangely. So when I go places where I really can see what lies beneath, although I'm not frightened of what lies beneath, then suddenly the depth of the water really, really frightens me, which is really, really odd. And and there's no logic to it at all whatsoever. So Somebody's ideal swim maybe you know, swimming from a Greek island to another Greek island in that beautiful, clear Mediterranean Sea. I can't think of anything worse
1: <laughs> than
0: that, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, not just because I can't bear the how warm the water and salty the water is in the Mediterranean. I, you know, I literally, I get in it and I want to get straight back out. Can't bear that saltiness on me. But um, really, yeah, being able to speak, yeah, no, I can't bear it. I, I, I much prefer brown murk. That looks like cold tea. <laughs> oh,
1: wh- why, why the salty? Surely, surely the saltiness of the Mediterranean is is, is all part too of salty. it. Too salty.
0: It's too salty. It's not tidal. The, right, the Mediterranean is a lake, not a sea. Let's just let's just let's just say that it's a salty lake. Right, it's got no tides. It's got no movement. It's boring. It's dull, and I hate
1: it. <laughs> Fair enough. I
0: like I like stupid tidal currents.
1: Say um, say what you see, like, Kath.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um I like dirty dishwater coloured water. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like sediment beards as I get out. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. I I I wonder if it's whatever it is you're used to. I do think, you know, there's probably an element of the thing that you love is because it's it's you know it's cozy it's your it's it's what you've always known and you feel safe so for me it's always been the south coast of England always been shingle you know steep shingle beaches with longshore drift um whereas like you say you know yours was you know the Spanish islands wasn't it yeah so that's when you feel at home there I feel at home maybe in the English Channel maybe you know it could be to do with our childhood
1: that's Absolutely fine. And I will I will happily I'll happily take that on the chin.
0: Plus, it, plus the fact, you know, you can't handle the cold water, so you need somewhere a bit warmer.
1: <laughs> it's true.
0: It's true.
1: Do you know, the more you have,
0: less, you have less layers than me.
1: The more people I speak to on this podcast, the, the, the more I realise how much of a wuss I am.
0: I wouldn't say you're a complete wuss. I th- I would say that um, you are in tune with your body and you know what it wants to do and you know whether you're enjoying it or not. And you, you make a decision based on that. That does not make you a wuss.
1: Thank you. You've just made me feel very happy. Um. <laughs> but,
0: it's, but it's true. <laughs> you know, we're all so very, very different. I get asked all the time, how long can I stay in for? You know, da, 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 da. And all of these very, you know, precise questions about, um, you know, particularly around cold water swimming. And it's like, the answer is always going to be different. You know, how, how much sleep have you had the night before? You know, Um what's the air temperature doing? Is there a cold wind blowing? You know, did you have too much wine last night? You know, all of these things make a massive difference to how your body reacts when it gets into the water. And yeah. you can only make that decision based on that very moment when you're getting in the water. as yeah. to when it is you should be getting out and how long you should stay in for, you know, there isn't a hard, fast answer
1: to that. Someone once said to me, always remember that the water wants you, which has been a very useful mantra for me when i've when i've been swimming in in cold water or in or in difficult scenarios uh, i think i said it to myself hundreds of times uh during during a channel relay but if you could be omnipotent um and create a swim that was designed just for you what would that what would that feel like and i i, I appreciate that cold water swimming for you is about healing is there an environment where you could which you could create whereby you could you could feel that that was in perfect harmony.
0: Yes, I I think I think so. I think um, if all of my dreams came true, um, I would ha- very much live right on the sea, probably in a little cove on my own, um, that was sheltered enough so that even in the biggest storm, you could uh, you could always swim there. But would change so much in terms of the tides every day. I think and you'd be able to swim from one end of the cove to the other, you know, a sort of cove that sort of looked like, you know, Lulworth Cove, you know, sort of Durdle Door, one of those granite Cornish sort of coves, something like that, where every single day you could swim from one side to the other. Yet your swim would be completely different, um, you know, based on the kind of sea conditions, the beach top- topography changing, you know, the weather, all those sorts of things. So... Your experience would therefore be different, and I think that would just top you up because I think, I think, change is as good as a holiday. Um, you know, and even when I swim in Brighton and Hove, I chop and change which beaches that I swim from on a regular basis because I, you know, always going and experiencing something new to me is is a is a very very big part of it. Um, so I think my ideal swim. Would be a swim from my doorstep in my lottery funded home, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you know, from one end of a coat to the other on a, on a given day. I went to um, Jersey um, in October. We were meant to go in July, um, just at the beginning of the lockdown for um, my birthday and wedding anniversary. So obviously we were unable to do that and um, then went in October and said, fortunately. And there was a cove there um, and everything had closed down for the season, as you can imagine. And there was literally just one tiny cafe on this beach, which wasn't open because the season had closed. And um, I went there a couple of times and there was a woman that lived in the cafe, worked in the cafe. And she would basically go and do that same swim in her cove every single day. And I just thought, I want to be that woman. (laughs) I don't want to be running the cafe. I just like to say (laughs) just the swimming in the cove bit not the actual manual labor bit (laughs)
1: that's lovely ideal water temperature
0: so actually the ideal water temperature uh, may surprise you to know is actually that um spring so you're kind of coming out of winter and the sea temperature is still you know pretty cold so I'm kind of when I say spring I kind of mean may maybe June the air temperature is really really warmed up but the sea temperature is cold and when you get out you're that perfect cold and it's really hard to describe but I will try it's um so when you get out mid mid winter you know it's a real race against the clock to get all of your cold wet stuff off and all of your lovely warm stuff on um and you um you know you need to move around and you've really got to you know focus on your warming up slowly and all that kind of stuff but when the sea temperature is still cold, but the air temperature is warm enough to rewarm you um, and do all the things that, you know, your sports robes and your hot water bottles would do. The sun can just do instead. Um, And it's that perfectly comfortable cold um, where nothing's numb, nothing's bitey, nothing's frozen, but you can still feel your cold to your bone. And it's just, And you kind of carry that with you for a few hours after your swim um, as a wonderful reminder that, you know, you've, you've been in the sea and, and you, you know, and, and you had um, and you got cold and you had a good time. So, yeah, I would say actually spring. So what would the water temperature be about then? do you think, kind of, 11. you're definitely back into double digits, aren't you, but probably only just, do you think? Yeah,
1: I would say 11, 11 12. Yeah. Uh, I mean, your so guess that good. that actually would
0: be my favourite time to swim, um, and before, uh, again, as we live in Brighton Hove, <laughs> before all the tourists arrive <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this for the is, summer, <laughs> is. and also, uh, you know, around about then, um, the swim boys will have been put out, you know, and that's when you yes. know summer started
1: here. <laughs> yes it's always it's always such it's always a kind of it's almost like a, a moment to celebrate when the boys go out even oh though, it
0: really is it really is isn't it you know it even might, though my hand- social media is full when they're put out and everyone goes the boys are here the boys are here you know and then conversely in September um when the gobbler comes which is what we name the boat that comes and gobbles them all up you know then everyone's despairing that they've gone <laughs> yes actually that's one thing I'm fr- frightened of the chains the boy chains Yeah, really, really strange. So as I'm swimming towards the boys, the fear starts to sort of build and and I will do a, you know, I probably add on a considerable amount of distance to my swim to make sure that I really circumnavigate them with a massive wide burst. And I have a massive joke that when we get to the boys, we all, we dare each other to touch the chain.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Do you know, I have a, I have a sneaky feeling where that comes from and correct me if I'm, again, correct me if I'm wrong but the soundscape in jaws the sound design in jaws has so much of of the chain going up and down and up and down it's very subtle but it's always in it's always oh in the my back
0: goodness i wonder if that's what it is you could be right
1: you know and, every, and i am
0: old i i am old enough to be to have been scarred by jaws well,
1: every <laughs> single person i've spoken to including myself have we've we've all spoken about jaws um, that's <laughs> That's amazing that Jaws Jaws keeps coming back. I think Steven Spielberg does does have a lot to answer for. Kath, you mentioned a minute ago about your last swim being on Christmas Eve. So you've kind of already answered my final question. So perhaps I'll rephrase it a little bit. Rather than say, where was your last swim and how was it? Could you describe to me both where is is your next swim going to be? And quite simply, how often have you managed to swim through December?
0: So my next swim uh, is tomorrow and it's the full moon. Um, And um, no matter what, I will always um, swim under the full moon. Um, After the year, you know, the COVID year that we've had, it's hardly likely that we'll even see it. I'm sure it's going to be cloudy and the moonrise probably won't coincide with when I'm swimming. But anyway, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm meeting a friend uh, to swim with um, and she lives in Kemptown in Brighton, which is the east of Brighton. Uh, So we will be swimming in front of Sea Lanes, I think you had Simon, didn't you, as one yeah. of your guests? Um, so we will be swimming in front of his venture, Sea Lanes. Um, it's actually um, my least favorite part of the city to swim in. Um, so <laughs> it um, it it has a really fast tidal current because it has very few groins um, at that end of the city, and it has a chalk reef. So the where the waves break can sometimes be quite unpredictable. So it can be quite a challenge to get in. So for those reasons, um, it's my least favourite place to swim. It's, um, however, I do swim there because I have lots of friends that swim over that way. Um, and a uh, young lady I'm meeting tomorrow will be over there. I haven't seen her for ages. We haven't seen each other since uh, for quite a few weeks. She's uh, finding it hard to find time to get in. Uh, with work commitments and so on and so forth. So at the moment, not working. It's time, it's time for she and I to get in and put the world to rights. So I'm really looking forward to a catch-up with her. And it's probably likely to be, she's a real adventurer. So I don't know what sort of swim it will be. She's always, she's a great person to swim with because she's always up for a challenge. Uh, and so on and so forth. So she's wherever you wander with her. Um, you know be it a river a lake if you go for a walk she will happily jump in wherever we are so um, yeah what sort of swim we will have can be quite unpredictable I kind of quite like that
1: (laughs) have you have you been in much of December
0: I have uh yeah I have um fortunately again you know just living so close to sea um it's an easy thing I now have an electric scooter to get me down to the beach and back um my my son said I look like a drug dealer um <laughs> not quite sure dr- drug dealers wear sports robes and woolly hats but you know anyway um but yeah so i've swum i've swum quite a lot um in december but i would say the next few days the temperature air temperatures definitely drop which means there'll be a sea temperature drop a few days afterwards um which i'm really looking forward to as well um you know i we it's i feel it's been quite a mild winter um and so the sea temperatures aren't haven't got down to quite what they have done in in days of yore um so i'm really looking forward to my hands burning they haven't done i haven't had a hand burn yet um and i'm quite looking forward to that so i was hoping i'd get that in my swims in december but it looks like i might have to wait until january for those
1: you're guilting me into the fact that you could have been swimming today i'm feeling I'm feeling
0: evil. No, honestly, it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, it's it's it's, it's difficult anyway now because we we're back to we're back to pairs. So, you know, that that in itself is a challenge because you know, it's like you've got to find someone that can go at the same time as you that wants, you know, and, and that kind of thing. Um, and then oh, I don't know, just the politics of making sure that you kind of see everybody. <laughs> that, is you that
1: know, is that a thing in the seabirds community that you 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 have to share, share your time?
0: To a degree, we, I mean, Kath and I, that you know, that, that, that the admins for the group, we definitely do see that part of our role should be a, a meet and greet to a degree. Um, you know, we do like, like you know, one of the best bits of it is is, is meeting the people who found us, yeah. you know, and um, and 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 kind of like getting to know them and understanding their backstory and what led them to kind of join a sea swimming community group. So, I definitely feel that there's. Not a duty, but it, but it's definitely something we like to do, you know, to foster the kind of those relationships and kind of keep sharing the swim love, as people say. So um yeah, it is harder, obviously, when it's um one to one, basically. It's a it's a heck of a lot easier when you can kind of do that in groups.
1: So where would if someone wanted to find seabirds, where would they where would they find you online?
0: So um So we have the we have an online shop um, that sells um, sports kits to enable you to go swimming and see. I mean, you can just wear a cosy and I've managed with a big winter coat for many years, but that, you know, if you if you want a pair of neoprene boots and a uh, a nice warm robe to put on afterwards come to us <laughs> um, and then I so we've got an online shop we've also got um, and in the online shop as well you can book yourselves onto intro courses um, and then in terms of actually being come part of the community um Salty Seabirds on Facebook it's a closed um private group you know to protect our swimmers and you know so they don't have to be sharing personal details and so on and so forth and you know so photographs aren't shared out in the ether and whatnot um so yeah just put salty seabirds in um, the facebook search and then yeah we've got instagram accounts twitter accounts you name it
1: Lovely. we're
0: splatted over. we're splatted all over social media and um whichever medium you're most comfortable with look up seabirds you'll find us and then get
1: in touch how how many times a week do you swim as a group Outside of a pandemic, obviously. Outside,
0: outside, outside of a pandemic. So, I so we have um, regular swims normally in our calendar, um, pretty much every day of the week. Um, and I, but but also, you know, people arrange their own s- smaller swims at times that suit them. But I would say, at any given point on any given day, there will be a salty seabird swim going on in Brighton & Hove.
1: So, for anyone out there who is in the kind of Sussex region. That's they need to go to they need to find seabirds online and or find you all on the beach nursing nursing well, tea and cake.
0: yeah, absolutely. find someone that's drinking tea, eating cake, got a woolly hat on and just ask them if they're a salty seabird and the likelihood is they are
1: <laughs> and and invariably <laughs> invariably have uh, a have, have a dry robe on
0: <laughs> Yo, yeah yeah, yeah yeah but I think it's uh, I think there's the most common one in Brighton at the moment is the, is the camouflage one?
1: Yes. Yes. So
0: yeah, so you you literally you walk on the prom and everybody is in a camouflage <laughs> a camouflage road, which is ironic because you're not that camouflage, you know, against the shingle beach.
1: Kath, it's been such a pleasure having you on this morning. Thank you so much for your time.
0: I've really enjoyed it, actually. Thank you very much.
1: That's that's really that's. I said really
0: actually like it was a surprise, didn't I? Sorry, I didn't mean it like. That. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, all that's happy to say is on behalf of everyone listening, thank you so much. And I will definitely be joining you for a Memoration Swim uh, next time I can. Thank you.
0: Yes. Once you're out of lockdown, you'd be very welcome to come swim at the Palace Pier.
1: I love that chat. (laughs) Not only is Kath one of the kindest and most gentle people you can meet, her drive to help people's mental well-being is a joy to witness. Cath and Seabirds are there for anyone listening who either need a lift or a swim. Well, I mean, preferably both. <laughs> so please remember to subscribe to the podcast with a simple click, and please, please leave a rating if you can. The more exposure we can generate as a community, perhaps, just perhaps, it may mean the more people we can get swimming. Who knows? My name is William Ellis. Thank you for listening, and please do join me next time Take care out there, stay safe, if you're able to do so, happy swimming.